0: Welcome back, Ranch Nation. All you mechanical maniacs. Every Wednesday from the East Valley Institute of Technology, your favorite, Car Talk, where we take you on a journey with some fascinating motor sports. NHRA NASCAR. And we can't forget the local neighborhood rock star, automotive technicians and mechanics. Taking you on a journey. The automotive industry is jam-packed with some great talented individuals. I invite you, get on over to Wrench Nation. That's where we park a lot of our shows, because I know you guys, uh, welcome back by the way, we appreciate you guys hanging with us every week. If you're driving, afternoon drive, maybe you're headed home, or maybe you're picking up the kids from school, pull over, get you a slushie. Turn it up because I'd like to pride ourselves uh, and I thank you guys for this every week. You've spoken to us there on Wrench Nation Facebook, emails. You've spoken to us. And for the most part, you're digging the guests that we've had on the show. And I invite you, some of you will dip in and out of the show. It's hard. Life happens. Uh WrenchNation.tv where you can catch last week Mallory Thompson, world's fastest female motorcycle uh, individual. She is a rock star, actually. A uh, very humble gal uh, we had on last week. And of course, she's attempting a land speed record, people, out of the Bonneville uh, Salt Flats. And of course, uh, Car Chicks Grudge massing, uh, Match Racing, uh, the female fury of horsepower feuds uh, with uh, Jeanette Desjardins. Nor Daoud out of Palestine, a drift racer breaking all the rules. So, wrenchnation.tv market, get on it catch it when you're comfortable uh, you know grab a drink and relax and listen to some of those great shows uh, big shout out to parts Authority and bolt-on technology uh, the Automotive service Association uh, here in the state of Arizona for all my technicians and shop owners this is it this is the time of year uh, we got we got to put the wrenches down and get our training and that ASA Expo is happening this weekend and of course bolt-on technology and parts authority. Uh, great friends of the show. They will be out there at that expo, and that expo is full of training. Uh, we're talking controlled area network. Uh, I always remind you guys that, you know, look, the F-150's got 100 million lines of code. That's uh, that's more than uh, what you're going to get with a free check engine light. Almost impossible, people, uh, to actually test that. I mean, just go to your doctor and start talking about, hey, can I get that free x-ray to figure out what's wrong Not going to happen. Maybe 10 years ago, but not in this day and age. So uh, Automotive Service Association Expo, I will be reporting back to you next week uh, on some of the training classes that uh, took place uh, that will interest you both. uh, If you're driving a vehicle or if you're a mechanic in the bays, Uh, this is all great information if you couldn't. Uh, make it out there! Big shout out to Susie Sockets. She's not on the show today. I will tell you guys. You 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 guys know we run a very busy garage, and priority number one is if we've got if the garage is just banging away, it's busy. We will never sacrifice that service experience. And I had to make the decision. I I would have loved to have Susie on, but we were so busy out there. So some of the things that you may be getting wrong. With your overheaters. Your car is overheating. Your truck is overheating. You take it into the garage. They check it out. You fix something. And then you got a blown head gasket. Uh-huh. I know, I know many of you just put your eyebrows up because you heard head gasket. That's an open heart. That's a big deal. I've got some tips for you about what to request to try and rule out a head gasket before you spend anything on maybe a cooling fan that went out or a water pump that started leaking. Because many of you may not want to go that far. Many of you may not want to go that far with a major, major expense. So I have some tips there. This week we are honored. Uh, You know, I don't know if you heard the DeLorean movie accounting for one of the... Well, listen no matter what happened to the DeLorean company. Now, some of you saying, what's the DeLorean? I respect that. Well, how about I take you back to the future? Do you guys remember Back to the Future? Raise your hand in your car right now. I, I know you've heard about it. You've probably seen some memes or memes. Goldwing, Marty McFly, Back to the Future, and maybe Bree will play some Back to the Future movie uh, music to take you back. But that was an innovative ride. The DMC, the DeLorean Motor Company, the DMC-12. Well, we're honored to have, uh, we're going to have some discussions uh, with the talented author, Nick Sutton, who has a book out, Accounting for the DeLorean Story. Nick Sutton's going to join us. Uh, and I will add to that, Nick Sutton was an employee. He worked for the DeLorean company and i believe the company had less than ten thousand vehicles lots of scandals lots of stuff so we're gonna get down and find out there was there's been a lot of sort of rumors about that i mean it's been around for a while but a lot of rumors out there nick sutton is going to join us uh nick sutton uh the author of a fascinating book that you can find on amazon uh who also was an employee i mean it's a work for the company and and to have a book uh I think you would agree they didn't just do an interview with uh, with somebody from the company. They actually worked for John DeLorean and the DeLorean company during its heyday. So that is the straight and skinny. That's the truth of it uh, behind the scenes of John DeLorean's uh Uh, empire that just came and went so fast. Some scandal. We're going to get to that story. Um, Before I get into this news, I think it's important. I may lose some of you guys. I I want to get you this quick tip. Now, listen, you're overheating. You're going to experience it. It it sucks. That's just the bottom line. Your car is overheating. You're on the way to church. You're on the way to school. You're on the way to work. It's never a good time. What you need to do when you take it in the garage, a garage will coolant system Evaluate. They're going to pressure test. They may do an electrical test of fans, check relays, things like that. They are on a mission to find out what the cause was to this overheater. Many of you have seen it. Blown radiator hose, you know, leaky water pump, radiator blew up. The fact is, though, there is risk that this excessive overheat episode could have caused damage to a cylinder head. The head is aluminum. It can warp in excessive temperatures, okay? So when you go in, it's very important to say, great, you're going to check it, you're going to pressure test it, but can you also tell me if you can, in some occasions it's hard to do the block test, you almost need to fix the leak, but there are occasions where you can. Please perform a block test. The bottom line is I want to know if my engine sustained damage, before I go on this adventure. Because here's the story, man. Water pump is failing. It's a $400 repair. Mechanic says you need a water pump. All right, well, go ahead. I have no choice. Do the repair. Water pump is fixed. Not leaking anymore, but you get that 3 o'clock phone call. Mechanic says, well, we fixed the leak, but it's still overheating. And you're thinking, wait a minute. Didn't we have this conversation? Well, we can now perform the block test, and it shows your head gasket has been damaged from the leaky water pump and excessive heat. So I'm arming you up, and I will tell you, don't beat up the local mechanic because sometimes they cannot. If your vehicle is profusely leaking and Exxon Valdez coolant is just pouring out, you cannot run the engine to perform a proper block test. Okay, I want you guys just to be aware, in general, Car repair is all about a cause and potentially an effect. There could be other underlying issues. So I've just passed out and I'm not breathing. I go into the ER, airway, breathing, circulation is the priority. They got to get me breathing. They got to get my heart going. Are they going to tell me at that time that my kidneys are okay? Well, they may not know. So it's the same principle. But I want you to just know you want to ask for the complete picture where it's possible that way you can arm yourself up with the best decisions. So if you're just joining us, Wrench Nation Car Talk, we always admire hanging out the talented uh, biographer of a uh, book you can find on Amazon. And I'm going to have Nick tell us more about the book accounting for uh, the incredible, incredible, boy, fast, quick rise and fall of the DeLorean manufacturing company, the DeLorean story. That's coming up next. Nick Sutton. Hang tight. Bolt-on Technologies Automotive Software Solutions. Auto repair shops that have Bolt-on Technology software provide customer vehicle condition reports including photos and text, real-time digital reports, multi-point inspections, estimates, and repair information at your fingertips. Info at boltontechnology.com. Lee Weatherby's Accurate Automotive is a local family owned award winning auto repair shop in Mesa serving Arizona drivers since 1992. ASE certified technicians, modern repair facility, and digital reports on every service. In Mesa on Robson Road, just south of Broadway between Country Club and Center. 480 890 0409, accurateautomotiveaz.com or accurateautomotiveaz on Facebook. Welcome back, Ranch Nation. Frank hanging out with you. Uh, Look, I know most of you have seen the movie Back to the Future, one of the classic uh, all-time movies, and no matter what generation you are, there was an affinity and an attraction to that time machine, that DMC-12, that DeLorean Motor Company 12 with the gull wings and, and so on. So Nick Sutton... Uh, was employed by the DeLorean Motor Company in Belfast for just over four years. Only a handful of employees to really achieve that four-year milestone. Uh, Of course, uh, Nick Sutton is the author uh, behind a book that we're going to talk about here in a moment and also dive in to some of the fascinating facts. There's been a lot of rumors about the DeLorean Company. Mr. Nick Sutton, are you with us? I
1: am indeed. Good evening.
0: Good evening. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh you are uh calling stateside, correct?
1: Yes, I am. I came from Ireland this morning.
0: I love the accent. <laughs> I mean I, I, you probably get a lot of that from us uh, you know, stateside folks. We don't you know, it's uh it's always nice to hear a nice little Irish accent.
1: Yeah, well actually I'm English. Oh gosh, keep that quiet. I, look keep
0: what that we know. <laughs> <laughs> well listen, we started off by talking about um rumors, and I'm sure that you have seen it probably make you cringe as as sort of uh, an ex-employee of the DMC company. Uh, You've seen a lot of fake news accounts of uh, the DeLorean rise and and sort of settlement. Take us back uh, to the early years where you're in Belfast, Ireland. First off, why was the company started? Uh, Tell us why the decision was made to sort of... Make the move to Belfast?
1: Well, there was. Uh, I, I worked in England at the time for another car manufacturer. I worked for Triumph and I worked for a small sports car manufacturer there. Uh, but the, the reason why the company was set up in Northern Ireland is because of the mini civil war that had been going on there for almost 20 years, and there were 3,000 deaths. Um, and 50,000 people uh, injured over that period of time. The government said, well, we need to do something because the unemployment rate was, in, in parts, up to 50 to 60% of the male population. So the idea was to put money into a structure. It happened, the structure happened to be the DeLorean car uh, to get the workforce, people who had never worked before, actually, uh, into the factory and to create some economy within the local community. Um, that 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 was a basic reason for the government doing it.
0: Yeah, that story. I mean, that sounds like a noble plan. I mean, here's here's civil war going on, going back uh, to the late 70s or 80s. Uh, just lightly touch upon for some of our younger listener what civil war was going on in that uh, during that time
1: it was um, historical it goes back like many things do in europe it goes back hundreds of years the legacy of it but basically you've got the island of ireland divided into two you've got the north part of ireland is where the car was built that's part of the united kingdom and the southern part of ireland was an independent state so there were factions within the northern part who wanted a unified island and the other part wanted to stay within the United Kingdom. And two opposing views. I mean, you, there was no way that you could compromise on that. Right. So so then the terrorism started um, with the IRA and the UVF, which is the Protestant side of the uh, terrorist organizations. And uh, things got worse and worse and worse. And the government said, well, we well, just can't leave this. There's 20,000 troops in the province. Uh, in, a, in an area no bigger than um, Maryland, I would think. Something of that size. Right. So um, so that's why they invested all this money, probably up to $85 million at the time. You can multiply that by three or four now to get today's sure. uh, equivalent.
0: So this was an attempt to really uh, restore an economy, and yeah. as as good faith... Did John DeLorean, who was who came over from GM, correct? He was a talented rising star at GM. Did John DeLorean at that time have any, any reservations about that? Did he think about maybe, well, no, that that's probably not the ideal place? Did he have reservations about that?
1: Uh, he said that afterwards when the company was sinking. Well. Uh, he said yeah. it was a big mistake. He <laughs> right. would, wouldn't you?
0: Yeah, no doubt. I mean, hindsight's always 20-20.
1: Absolutely so. right. But at the time, he was full of enthusiasm and... Uh, creating jobs for people who had never worked. I mean, it was a badge of honor for him. He went about boasting about it, quite rightly.
0: Right, right. Um, As the brand started to launch, and here you are uh, working as a purchasing manager procuring parts, Uh, these parts, of course, designed by Lotus. Let's talk about Lotus and that relationship. Many may not realize that the the DMC-12, that platform is... Pretty much based on the the, the Lotus the platform, Esprit. yeah, the Esprit, yeah. yeah, yeah. What was that relationship yeah. like with Lotus? Were they excited?
1: Oh yeah, over the moon. Um, unfortunately, that turned sour as well later mm-hmm. because there was a um, so, uh, quite a bit of uh, money went missing between Lotus and uh, the Delorean Motor Company. Yeah, but from a working point of view, and that's your question, I guess. From a working point of view, it was excellent. Um, they really wanted to productionize the Esprit, which ran at a volume of about two to three a day, uh, to running the DeLorean at 80 a day. Uh, so some of the adult, it wasn't copied exactly, but the running uh, frame, the chassis frame and running gear, was very similar to the Esprit, but had production tooling and a better quality product as well.
0: Right. You know, today, when you think about it, and I'm sure this covers uh, for back in the day, when, when you're actually launching a, a car manufacturer, there's a lot of challenges. I mean, so I get that there was yes. this opportunity. I get that Lotus was excited. It, it seemed to have a, a very wonderful relationship. Uh, things were up and running. Give us a sense of some of the challenges uh, for the time as maybe production yes, challenges. Sure
1: yeah, uh, I can tell you, um, we were building a factory um, we are trying to put the production equipment into the factory before we'd actually got a design of a car. So that was the biggest, one of the biggest challenges. Building the walls and the roof wasn't the issue. The jigs and fixtures, to put it together, you need to know what goes where and what size things are before you get stuck into that sort of detail. So that was a challenge from the production engineering point of view. From a supply point of view, and that was my job uh, to liaise with Lotus to get the parts out of uh, Lotus in terms of a design, we had to have people, um, suppliers who knew their stuff. They knew exactly what to do because we didn't. Lotus didn't. So the supplier had to have the knowledge. There were no beginners in the program. All the people on the uh, big stuff that we tooled, put down tooling, had previous experience of manufacturing that part. The problem we had is that we didn't know until we were about a couple of months into the program that John had promised a car within 18 months. Now, that that was the big surprise to us all. Wow. Because us guys who worked in the industry for years knew that within the UK, which was, wasn't the best in terms of timing... The average car from start to finish was about five years.
0: It almost Uh, reminds me, Nick, uh, and maybe maybe I'm wrong here, but it it seems to me Elon Musk may have a similar tone and flavor about the spirit of delivering to market when engineers and in-line folks and designers may be saying that very exact same thing, like, how are you going to get this done? This normally has a horizon of four to five years. Do you, do you see that in Elon Musk, similar to DeLorean?
1: Uh, uh, yeah, it's very, very similar. It's not just him, but it's, I, I've seen other projects throughout the world where people, their enthusiasm runs away with themselves and thinking that they can do things super quickly. Now, one of the world's best motor manufacturers, for instance, I would say is Toyota. They can probably now, these days, bring a car to production from styling uh, to the first off about three years, three and a half years. Now, if Toyota take that long, I'm sure that anybody else who's really a beginner in the industry would take a lot longer.
0: Yeah, no doubt. If you're just joining us, uh, we've got the talented author of The Delonian Story. The Car, The People, The Scandal. And we are going to get to some of the scandal. But you can find the book. I invite you to get on to uh, Amazon. Nick Sutton, The DeLorean Story, The Car, The People, The Scandal. A wonderful read. An account from, uh, not the sidelines. Uh, Nick Sutton, you, you certainly weren't on the sidelines. You were employee number, employees were numbered.
1: Yes, I was number 16. Um, uh, my my wife, uh, eventually became my wife, was Employee number 21.
0: Now, that's fascinating. I mean, did you meet in the lunchroom there? I mean, how did that yeah, all happen? Right. <laughs> the, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't over a Goldwing, uh design <laughs> plan or anything. Yeah, yeah. God, the
1: amount of times I've heard that
0: one. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. But uh, it is an honor to have you on. And, and I'd like to touch, before we hit to break, um, the man, Mr. John DeLorean, was he more the type, of the fellow to be on the line With the working class, or was he out there 24/7 marketing the DMC company, raising money, getting the name Uh, out? What kind of? I I, I, think he he did
1: both, really. But when when he came to Ireland or Lotus, he was always uh, walking around the shop floor, talking to people, uh, to be seen more than anything else, giving a bit of encouragement here and there. Uh, and uh, i'll tell you something when he came down on the shop floor sometimes it was the only time we seen the other directors on the shop floor oh wow Wow. uh, but when he went to lotus he was very keen to get involved in some of the detail of the engineering Uh, although he gave lotus a wide span of uh, direction uh, when it came down to it, to be honest, he, he wanted to know a lot of the detail about manufacturing.
0: We've got the talented Nick Sutton, uh, author of uh, the DeLorean story. We're going to dive in a little bit more to what the vehicle bones were, the scandals that ended up causing this company to shut its doors. Get on to partsauthority.com check locations nationally near you partsauthority.com and i remind you guys the show has the podcast every weekend you guys can go join up over there if you dip in and out we are honored to have uh, author uh nick sutton uh on the phone who uh Came out with a wonderful book, uh, accounting for the life. The real life. The real story. Nick, as I said earlier, you were not on the sidelines. I have a question about the book. Why did you write the book? What was your feeling? Why did you have to let it out?
1: Well, it's very simple. Uh, My wife and I, as I said earlier, both work for DeLorean Motor Cars. If we went out on a Sunday evening, um say uh, 10 years ago uh to for dinner and people would say where did you meet and i'd say DeLorean and everybody would laugh and crack the jokes about drugs and it really got me very very annoyed
0: i mean it and seems I, like if you didn't know any better it, the average person associated uh DeLorean studio 54 uh cocaine busts yes, and and yes, and so yes, absolutely was this a setup? Which bit? Well, let's get right to it. Uh, the the this the as your book accounts the at the time as this factory was set up in Belfast, it seemed that the support from the British government seemed to whizzle out. And yeah, tell us more about that. Can you can you give us the straight yeah. and skinny as to what really was the exact downfall? of the DeLorean company, the series of events, the one or two events, whatever it was. Okay. Let's well, set the, the story th- straight, because there is a lot of rumor out there.
1: The, uh, the first thing is that when the company received the money, uh, it was under a Labour, that is a socialist government, under uh, James Callaghan. And then after the money was granted about a year later, the Conservatives, the right-wing people, got in with Margaret Thatcher, and she had a different view altogether with regard to supporting industry. So her view was, well, we don't have to support industry. We don't have to support John DeLorean or anybody else. She didn't we take a it.
0: socialist viewpoint. Is that what you're saying? Sort of, yeah. Absolutely. Okay. Understood. Yes, yeah. Yeah.
1: So uh, the uh, there were members of Parliament that wanted it to continue uh, and give it their support because of the problems in Northern Ireland on the. On the uh, terrorist front, so what, but Mrs. Thatcher was the leading figure there, and she didn 't like uh, the idea of it and the way that John had spoken to some of the senior people within the government um, didn 't uh, favor him with them at all so uh, I th- that was the start, but the problem was uh, eighteen months to build a car, and after eighteen months. The government said, where's the car, John? Oh, well, it's going to take another six months, then another six months.
0: They got nervous. They got nervous. Absolutely. Yeah, you sure. would. Yeah,
1: You would. So what started off at $54 million ended up at $85 million. So, and then the government said eventually, well, enough is enough. But during this period, John wanted to uh, place the company on the stock market. And so... The more cars that we produced and the more sales we got, the more investment he got back and the more uh, stock he got back in terms of cash. So he raised the production output from 40 a day to 80 a day in late summer 1981. And that was too many for the market. The problem was then we couldn't sell them. So if we couldn't sell them, we couldn't pay the bills. So eventually that got into a spiral and we went into what is called receivership, which administration, which you call Chapter 11. So we went into Chapter 11 in early 1982 because we built too many cars, basically, and the government wouldn't support us any longer.
0: Well, and that, you know, I mean, I I could see John DeLorean at the time um, somewhat heartbroken. To say the least, but I could see the working men and women in the community of Belfast. Was the writing on the wall at the time of receivership, or were folks saying, hey, we can"? there's going to be a Hail Mary here, and well, that, that, the company the could Hail, be saved?
1: Yeah, the Hail Mary was a consortium, a UK consortium of uh, managers, of, um, they're actually employees, senior directors, uh, two or three of them, and myself and a couple of other guys. Uh, put a plan together to resurrect the company building 8,000 DeLoreans instead of 20,000 and building a TR8, the TR7 with the V8 engine um, and that was the plan and it was a super plan and that was put to the government and we got right the way to the top, everybody said that's that's the way to do it, let's reopen the factory and Margaret Thatcher said no, absolutely not.
2: So, I
0: understand, um, which is you know, I guess politics comes into play, and and you know, of course, this is now history. But I understand Sammy Davis Jr. and Johnny Carson, to name a few, were original investors of, of yes. the deloma Morning Company. Um, was this sort of sense of uh, outrage, or were they just eh, well, we lost some money, we're going to move on? What was the sentiment I of think investors? It was probably
1: the latter. I didn't hear very much about that afterwards. I think. If you've got a lot of cash, Frank, and you lose a bit, you don't want to advertise it around the world saying, look, I've been stupid. So I think they played it down quite a bit after that.
0: Yeah. A quote from your book, um, of course, the DeLorean story, the car, the people, the scandal. And I remind you, you can get that on Amazon, the Kindle. Uh, Find the book. It's a fascinating read. Quote, how could the popcorn audience reference to the hit movie Back to the Future, highlighting center stage the DeLorean flux capacitor-equipped DMC-12, understand the energy, determination, passion, and sacrifice that forged the car named DeLorean. It took 20 years for you to actually muster the courage, Nick, to really watch that movie in 85. You you just didn't want to have anything to do. Any remembrance of the DeLorean? You wouldn't watch that Back to the no, Future. I,
1: in fact, I didn't follow John's trial. I didn't fi- uh, follow any of his uh, trials or any of his problems. And if the t- television came on the news with a DeLorean issue on it, I turned it off. I wanted absolutely nothing to do with it because I thought... At that time, I have to say, Frank, I changed my mind a little over the years. Um, It let us down badly. Now, the first time I watched the the, the film, Back to the Future, uh, I have to tell you, this sounds ridiculous for a grown man. I watched it through the cracks of the door as my children were watching it.
0: (laughs) I I think you were doing it it for your children. This is what we do for our children. All right, they said (laughs) I got to watch it, but I really don't want to watch it. I respect that. <laughs> um, let me ask you, uh, disappointment to say the least, of course, letting many down, working families and, and folks that wanted a future uh, with uh, DeLorean. When you say let us down, was it the political side of government or was it DeLorean the man by way of making some of these huge claims in, in perhaps uh, you know some of these... Uh, False statements, really. I mean, some would believe uh, it was beyond, uh, you know, having these huge plans that weren't realistic, that they may have been just downright outrageous to maybe gain some more yeah. money.
1: Well, there's two two views, Frank. If you, even now, if you talk to people, and I go, I go into the area pretty often and uh, see people in, in that area who works for the company, they think um, John DeLorean is St. John DeLorean. They, they think the sun shines everywhere for John DeLorean.
0: Who are these people?
1: Uh, the people on the shop floor the people who, who put the car together, the people who made the bodywork, the people, the security guards, canteen people?
0: Were the they, management uh, engineers? I mean, these are line folks you're talking about, blue yes, collar types. Were, were executives thinking otherwise that they knew more? Yeah.
1: No, they thought exactly the opposite. Of course.
0: Why did they? they?
1: Uh, because they knew the fuller story. I see. Uh, John arrives like uh, a from heaven with all this money and all these jobs. And they created jobs for them for four years, four and a half years. Um, uh, but th- probably didn't understand why we had gone bust. And therefore, the... The management generally had a different view about John than the hourly-paid people who put the car together. Uh, The pity about it all is, of course, those like myself and other managers went off and got good jobs in the industry. Those other guys, the hourly-paid, some of them never worked again, ever.
0: Wow. And the town was in tatters. I mean, not directly related to... Uh, the rise and fall of uh, DeLorean Mortar Company, but just the the, the horrific uh, battles, north and south, and that kind of went on for years thereafter, correct?
1: Yes, it did. It really didn't end until the year 2000, well it, it settled down quite a bit by that time. But it, it, it's interesting. I, uh, as an Englishman, it's very difficult for me to hide my accent. And uh, if anybody is uh, unpopular in Northern Ireland, it would be an Englishman. Somebody said to me the day I arrived, there's only two types of Englishmen in Northern Ireland, those in the British Army and the others that start raving mad.
0: Wow. <laughs> that's, <horrible. laughs> I think that's. I, I think that's, I was the latter. Yeah, well... Um it's a shame, in general. I mean, we're talking about the the rise and fall of the DeLorean company, but I mean, just the fact that societies can have this sort of north and south, and the east and the west, and, and all these differences. As you said, that didn't happen overnight. But uh, I always uh, enjoyed. In fact, we had a DeLorean in the uh, in the shop. We were doing some basic work, actually. Uh, about six months ago, we put a little video. We had fun with it, of course. We okay. had to code up uh, the, the movie and, you know, the Back to the Future. But um, it seems to me those that own a DeLorean are a unique bunch. Would you buy a DeLorean today?
1: Uh, I'd, it, it depends how much money I had at the time, Frank. Um, you can buy what's called a hobby DeLorean, which means you're going to spend your life savings, um, put it together and to make it roadworthy. Uh, but I'd buy a DeLorean uh, that was uh, roadworthy and sound. Yes, I would. Um, yeah. uh, off the shelf DeLorean, around without checking out? No, because you could spend a fortune on them.
0: You could. I've seen them in my time inside of 30 years. Um, over the years, I've, I've seen those DeLoreans that um, folks have uh, purchased, and uh, holy goodness, <laughs> they walked into a basket of uh, nightmares uh, for repairs and and uh so, yeah, I mean, I, I'll compliment what you're saying is if you are interested. They're pretty cool cars. I've seen them at car shows. Uh, in yeah. fact, out in Malibu, there's uh, quite a few of them. We've done the concourse uh, up in the hills. Uh, there was uh, seven or eight that were out at the concourse. So there is still a great, unique following to to the vehicle. And uh, you're getting ready. I want to touch upon this before we uh, disconnect here. You're in Chicago now getting ready to see the Midwest premiere of I the Docker. You're going to see that framing John DeLorean movie. Um, what are your thoughts before going in? I mean, it's not a back-to-the-future kind of movie. Are you, what's your thoughts before no, going in? No, I'm
1: delighted to hear that somebody has done a film that is, according to people that have seen it, is an accurate representation of what happened.
0: Did you have an opportunity to, uh, to interview for the film? Did they call on you
1: at all? Well, I, I got about three hours' worth of film from me, but unfortunately I never made it to the film. Um, interview, rather. So I could be in the director's cut. You'll never know.
0: You'll never know. Well, I want to see that. I would like to see the director's cut. So um, I will tell you what you've done is you've actually uh, taken a very personal uh, story to the history as uh, employee number 12? 16. Number 16. That's pretty intriguing. I don't... Do we... Do we do that today? Do we... Bree, do we label? We don't number. I... That's another hour. Why did you? Why were you numbered? <laughs> I mean, that's. Can you give us a quick countdown to why you were numbered? Did you just show up? Okay, that's number sixteen. Why?
1: I I, I really don't know.
0: All right, well, you were a proud number sixteen. That's all that counts. <laughs> I, I tell you
1: something though. The, the directors didn't have a number. Ah. Um, but I was sixteen. My wife was twenty-one. And when you meet somebody, they either talk about their VIN number or their employee number.
0: (laughs) Well, Nick Sutton, I'd like to have you back on the show in the future. I am honored to have you on to take the time out. You've had a really uh, rough travel calendar. I wish you well with the movie release. Have fun with that. Have fun with that.
1: Thanks very much, and thanks for asking me to to come on your program.
0: My pleasure. Thank you so much. And and again, I remind you guys, Nick Sutton, The DeLorean Story, a great read into the fascinating account from uh, employee number 16, Nick Sutton. Uh, You can find that book on Amazon Prime. I want you guys to stay tuned as we're a family show. Every segment, uh, fourth segment, we like to introduce uh, community, and I have pop singer Celeste. She's joining us. With producer Eric Dick, they've got a special project. We Go On, California Strong. Stay tuned next. Now, what's on wrenchnation.tv? There's a billion websites out there. Well, there's a ton of nice shows I think you guys will enjoy. We know how it is. I mean, you got three to five seconds to listen to anything. You all got ADD. (laughs) Susie. Yes. Am I lying? You're not lying. People don't have attention anymore. So I'm just going to tell you right up front, we know this, we understand. Some of you are already gone because you just, oh, got to get over there. Next. You capture our attention, though. Well, wrenchnation.tv, I mean, you can catch, leave it to Beavers, Tony Dow. We had a 50-year reunion with the Corvair. Yeah. 50 years that car came back in his life. Yes. Now here's, uh, I get excited about this community situation. Open change, vehicle donations making a difference, there's a... Uh, Organization that has uh, donated uh, north of 6,000 cars on the East Coast. And last week, Noor Daoud, Palestinian drift racer from Ramallah. Do you know what it's like growing up in Ramallah, Palestine? I don't even know where that's at. It's in a very volatile area of the okay. world. Like people are trying to just eat for I mean, it's tough. And she is out there breaking the barriers, but that's all on wrenchnation.tv, and with that, I will invite you, because we're all family up in here.
2: We had Bacardi I forgot the clock So we were tardy And returning to the dock.
0: Every fourth segment, man, I always invite you guys, I, I state this publicly, we are a community show, man, we're a lifestyle show a little bit, we get into the car stuff, but I'm excited when we can bring on folks, talented individuals that are making change, and we are honored to have singer, songwriter, and filmmaker, Celeste, and producer, Eric Dick, are you hanging in the background? We are. Hi. Right here. I love you, Maniacs. Thank you for joining us. <laughs> Thank you for, having, for us. having us. Now I I gotta say, many are saying, "All right, well, who who do we have on the on the situations?" I want to take you guys back before uh, you guys remember the fires. Uh, in fact, there's fires going on right now, but specifically uh, some devastating fires that happened out there in the Malibu area. Um, tell us, you guys are out in Malibu. How did that affect you guys? You want to
1: take this, or should I?
0: Celeste, Uh yeah, how did that affect you? Those wildfires were vicious.
2: Well, for sure. I mean, we were evacuated. It's very scary, you know, for us moving from Montreal to Malibu. We had never experienced such a thing. We didn't know what to do. We didn't know if this was serious. Uh, So we just packed and, and we just left and we just had no idea. And of course it's it's traumatizing and it's sad and you know we have a lot of friends who've lost their houses and everything but that's all very heavy stuff but at the same time you know we created this project and turned it all into a positive thing and that's really what i like to focus on when i think about my experience about the fire because really the actual fire is you know it's not really fun to talk about
0: no it's not and that's what um not only musicians and producers and just i think people right the humility side of of we see some tragedy you guys did something very special by the way of a release of a special project that's coming out uh thursday tomorrow is this correct friday Friday. okay i want to get it straight first off let's let's dive deeper you guys are some pretty talented musicians. Uh, Celeste, your music is out there for the world, and you have some great songs and, and projects. How did you get started, Celeste? What What motivated you behind picking up a mic and really belting out some wonderful, wonderful songs that you get out there? Well,
2: music has been in my family pretty much my entire life, so I can't really tell you when it happened. It was just, like, really normal. I just... I just always sang and danced and film. That's just what I've always done. And eventually I just decided that I was going to do, to do it professionally. But it's really something that I've been doing my whole life.
0: It's not something that you would just say, all right, well, today's Tuesday. I'm going to start singing. It just It's sort of a spiritual thing. I think a lot of musicians can relate to that.
2: Yeah, yeah. it's like it's, it's destiny. I think it's just not something that I chose to do. I really feel that it chose me, and I didn't really have a choice but just to go along and have fun with it. And that's what I decided to do.
0: Yeah. Eric, as a co writer, music producer, um, lots yes. of work. Folks don't realize that, you know, a minute of music or a minute of film takes so much, uh, by the way, of getting it right and the work, and there's more tape on the floor than, you know, when we get to the final edit. What was your driving force behind "We Go On California Strong" that will be released this Friday?
3: The driving force. Well, the driving force was certainly the the, the project and the whole concept of, of what we were going to do with this video and and the combination of, of all of it. That's really what drove it. Um, but as far as the actual production of it from a sound perspective, you know, the idea was it's really a, a big fat you know, as, as some of my friends might call it, uh, you know, a, a stadium rock anthem. It's not rock, but, you know, a stadium big drum anthem. And that was the idea to make it, you know, big and anthemic and, and you powerful. know, powerful. And, you know, when we play it for people who've lost homes and have gone through this, you know, they they come out of it saying, wow, I feel great. I needed that. And that was really, I think, the driving force behind it to do that
0: not only to touch people, to inspire people, to get people to act, but you did synchronize with uh, Habitat for Humanity of uh, Greater Los Angeles. Um, You created a We Go On Fund. You're trying to raise some money out there um, to help folks. I have to say something, and this bothers me, and respectfully, I'm not from Malibu. I love Malibu. I love California. I love everywhere, quite frankly. But... Mm -hmm. I've heard people say those fires were in Malibu. Folks have money out there. They'll be okay. Uh, wh- how does that? I'm sure you've heard that mess. Of that, course. I mean, I that is I- absolutely asinine to, to, for folks to think that. Of course, of course.
3: It, it's. I mean, there, there are a lot of different places. I mean, there are mobile home parks scattered throughout Malibu. There, there are a lot of different, and, and really what it comes down to is the people, and you lose your home you lose your home, you know. Uh,
2: but we have to, to to remember here that in Malibu, it's not just celebrities and rich people who live here. They are right. like regular families with regular nine-to-five jobs, just, you know, happy families that just lost their homes. Yeah. Uh,
3: I mean, living here, it's, it Having before having moved here, you know, I, I know that everyone has an impression of, of Malibu and, and we we, you know, for for not knowing about it, we probably had a similar impression. Then you move here and you realize you meet the people and you you live in the place for And we've only been here a year and a half. But I mean, it's it's incredible. And you see that it's, it's a it's just another amazing community like any other. And. When people lose their homes and things are burnt to the ground, I mean, it doesn't really matter who you are and what you have. I mean, it's it's you're talking about, you know, for some people, it's their it's their memories, it's their things that are just irreplaceable. It's it's you know things like that that, that don't even have a, a monetary value, um, and just the pain of going through it and the pain of being displaced for for years now with rebuilding and and finding a place to live and and that was a big reason why we partnered with habitat to do this was because the the, the one thing we kept coming across was people just wanted a home they wanted to be back home um, and i think that would be a consistent feeling anywhere in the world that there's a natural disaster and any community any you know middle class you know upper lower it doesn't make a difference
0: you know, it's incredible. Um, sometimes there's this call. There, there's no contract. There's no there's no verbiage to when yeah. spirit calls to, I mean, whether it's a chef that says, you know what, I'm going to bake 100 turkeys because this is what I do, and I this is what I can contribute. And I think what you guys are doing, you didn't have to do that. The We Go On California Strong video uh, that will be released, and it's just the whole platform of inspiration. Um I had the opportunity to view it, and I had to stop my world and rewatch it twice. And I'm not being cheesy about this. I'm straight-up passionate. If I don't like something, I don't like it. But you guys, you guys, and I say this as a fellow musician, buku respect for you taking the time out to remind folks that we can get through some of life's trials and tribulations. And so this is your floor, my friends. Tell folks where they can find uh a this project and you've got a fundraising event coming up so please do tell where can folks help well
2: first of all there's a fundraising event which is uh, the launch at the same time and so that's on june 27th so that's next week uh people can purchase tickets for that they can purchase them online eric can probably tell you yeah the the best
3: thing to do is um we've got just a temp page. Everything's going to be up on Friday when the whole project goes out. But right now, if you go to wegoon.org, uh, there's just a temp page up there. And if you, uh, let me just make sure that we can.
0: And while I'm you look, gonna... yeah, while you look that up, I, I will just say wrench nation. I get it. We're a car show, but you know, we got to listen to good music in our cars. This is how we're tying this one in. Um, the <laughs> fact, the fact is, you will see this, uh, Ranch Nation. If you subscribe to our emails, many of you do, thousands actually, of you do, and I thank you for that. Um, get on to ranchnation.tv, put in your email, and we are going to be linking up the next uh, three to four, you know, over the next month or so, uh, a link. And I, I think it's noble. Awesome. I think it's noble. We need to help in the cause, and part of what we do here as family at Ranch Nation in the community is we highlight these, uh, these uh, folks uh, that are out there making change, and um, you guys are talented musicians. And thank you, you, Brian. Could, thank you, you, Brian. you could, you you listen, you could be doing other things. You could have showed up with some flowers and, and called it a day. I know the work it took to put this out, <laughs> um, and I, I personally thank you for doing that. You are going to touch a lot of folks and raise a ton of money. Uh, Eric, Dick, thank and you. Celeste, you guys rock. Thank you so much. Thanks thank you so much, Frank.
3: You can find everything at WeGoOn.org. You can buy your tickets through there and donate.
0: WeGoOn.org is a site. Thank you, guys. I'm going to catch up with you guys soon. Uh, Very grateful to have you on, guys.
3: Thanks for having us, Frank. Much appreciated.
0: You got it. Rock on. Well, there you have it. There you have it, people. Uh, I invite you. uh, This fourth segment is always left open. If you've got a hero, a mechanic, a business, well, a pop singer that's doing some great things in their community, Uh, We would like to hear about that Get on wrenchnation.tv Get on the email Let us know Uh, Every week we enjoy Hanging with you guys Thank you KFNX 90.7 All of you guys Listening to the replays On the podcast We couldn't do the show Without you And of course Our parts authority And bolt on familia Thank you As I tell you every week Be safe Hug each other And never forget To hug a mechanic
2: Summertime And the living's easy Rally's on the microphone with Ross M G. G All the people in the dance will agree that We're well qualified to represent the LBC Me, me and Louis We're gonna run to the party and dance to the rhythm It gets harder
0: Frank here with Wrench Nation. We appreciate you guys tuning in every week to the Wrench Nation Car Talk Show. But did you guys know I'm not basket weaving? I don't do roofing. I actually own Desert Car Care of Chandler. Boy, and I've got a great team down there. If you've got car repair or maintenance needs, I invite you to stop by my garage over a cup of coffee. Maybe you've got that large estimate and you're not sure where to go. Give me a call. 480-726-6400. Desert Car Care of Chandler hey Gilbert friends when we talk about car repair car care getting all of your stuff done on your car excellence integrity workmanship those are large words well I got to tell you a little place on Cooper and Warner in Gilbert the car shop you've got to meet Chris Baldron, the car shop he is absolutely on top of his game he's a certified technician has a certified set of mechanics working for you day in and day out there at the car shop. So if you're out in Gilbert, Warner, and Cooper, you've got to visit Chris Baldron at the car shop. Friendly, knowledgeable, eager to take care of you with no funny business. So reach out to the car shop, 480-855-8000, 480-855-8000, the car shop, Warner off of Cooper.